Now, Encountering Hope. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's as if the whole world looks different. There's a peace and a joy that comes with it. We find comfort through the Spirit and through God's Word. We have peace through the hope of heaven. We just can't imagine that anyone would not want the same joy we have. We tell others, but find that most reject this message of hope. The call of this world on their hearts and their own sinful affections are too strong. For them, the thought of casting off gratifying sins and practices is not worth the joy of knowing Christ. Yet, we press on in the telling. We trust in God's timing. But it grieves our hearts day after day to see them reject Christ. Especially those dear to us. The lack of fruit can be so discouraging. But we must not waver. We must not assume that our timing is God's timing or plan. What God asks from us is faithfulness. Faithfulness to follow Jesus, to live for Him, and to tell the story of what He has done for us. Then we must trust that the results are in His hands. That is not an easy path. It's a road fraught with trials, hardship, and discouragement but it's also a way that leads us nearer to Him, to heaven, and to basking in His glory. So we push on with long-suffering patience and with joy. That's Vladimir's experience. He's an SGA-supported missionary in a small village. He labors day in and day out for the sake of the gospel. But much like the weeping of the prophet Jeremiah, he sees little to no fruit. Vladimir shares. By the grace of God, our family continues to do missionary work in our small town. When we say that we are doing work for the Lord, it gives us a certain responsibility for our words. But also there are difficulties in our work and no visible fruits. We want to see people repent, cry for their sins, make a covenant with God, and see the church grow. But instead, we often, as sinners, pass by salvation and the narrow way of Christ. There is no hurry at all to find rest for our souls at the feet of the Lord. Recently, I thought about this once again, and in prayer, I called out to God, Lord, what more must be done to save these people? I have already witnessed to many people, and they listened to me like a funny singer and said, it's not realistic to live the way you say. That can make my soul hard to bear. At such moments, it's as if Satan is ready to crush me. But I am reminded of verses from the Bible. Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. God gives strength to the weary. And it's true, in ministry we must not give up. God does not give us that right. He promises to strengthen us to go on. Why am I sharing these thoughts? Brothers and sisters, it's so important for believers to strive to pray for sinners because this is the last time and there are so many people among us who have not received Christ. So much is out of our control. We grieve for those who dismiss the gospel as foolishness or a crutch for the weak. And yet we must press on to follow Christ, to pray, 
and to proclaim hope in Him alone. Although it might be discouraging at times, with a measure of joy, Vladimir continues his ministry in his village. Once I was waiting for a train at the station. There were not many people, and then a woman comes to me with a large bag and asks me to buy knitted socks. I refused, but she did not go away, but rather sat down next to me. And then I felt the pungent smell of booze coming from her, and I decided to talk to her. I told her that drunkards would not inherit God's kingdom, and she told me in response that she had acquaintances in hell, and they would get her a job to help her put wood on the fire. She said this with some pain and sarcasm, and I thought to myself that I should not have started our conversation with the condemnation. For about half an hour, she joked and mocked believing people and truths from the Bible. After a while, she told me she was tired of joking and wanted to talk seriously. She changed her face and said she had always wanted a Bible. I had one with me. I gave her a Bible, and she immediately started reading it, and we went our separate ways. Unfortunately, in my excitement, I forgot her name, but God knows it. Please remember this woman in your prayers who always wanted to have a Bible. Pray that her heart would burn to learn about the Lord, and God would open His Word to understand. Let's not judge God, His timing, or our motivation to follow Him by our circumstances and the decisions of others. Rather, out of the joy of knowing Christ, we press on, as Jesus commanded, to tell the whole world of the gospel, for the end is coming soon. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Luke 23, verses 42 and 43. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ has a lot of subplots. They are rich in meaning and significance. Jesus, while being crucified, was not focused on himself, but on the Father and others. Two others were crucified with him that day, both criminals. Initially, they mocked Jesus, but one had a change of heart and mind. This while experiencing his own slow, excruciating, shameful death. One criminal mocked Jesus a bit too far in the estimation of the second unnamed man. The one taunted him by saying, If you are the Christ, save us and yourself as well. The second criminal knew that a line had been crossed. In those moments, he recognized the justice of their sentence, but the injustice of Jesus' sentence. He also knew the reason for which Jesus of Nazareth was being crucified. In the final hours of his life, he called out to Jesus with an evidently repentant heart. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Then the most comforting words that can be uttered to a repentant sinner were heard by this man. Jesus said to him, Truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. In the eternal purposes of God, 
This unnamed criminal was brought to repentance and faith in the final hours and minutes of his life. Important truths can be discerned from this brief interaction. An obvious one is, never stop proclaiming Christ to those who are evidently dying. God in His grace may have purposed to bring them to repentance and faith in Christ in the final moments of their lives. Our responsibility is to proclaim Christ no matter how hopeless or indifferent those who hear seem to be. That's the wonderful testimony from Pastor Vladimir. God has called him to proclaim Christ in what is apparently poor spiritual soil. He's shared Christ to many in his village, but no one shows interest. And not only is there the absence of interest, but commonly there is derision directed toward him. Often his message is mocked, which can be the cruelest kind of derision. It's very difficult to continue such ministry when there is no fruit, but this is where the Father has him. This became evident on a small scale in his conversation with a lady addicted to alcohol. After a half hour of mocking conversation, the lady came to a point of seriousness. She admitted that she had always desired a Bible. That which she had been mocking, she now wanted to possess. Vladimir joyously provided her with his copy of the scriptures. She greatly received the Bible and began reading it. Then she went on her way, having changed her attitude toward the scriptures, Jesus Christ, the gospel, and Vladimir. This most unlikely person became a source of encouragement to his heart. He remained faithful to proclaim Christ and as a result was blessed in his service to God. Pray for this dear lady that in these, the final years of her life, she, like the unnamed criminal, will come to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for also praying for Pastor Vladimir and the faithful ministers of God in the former Soviet countries where SGA serves. Learn how SGA is sharing the gospel, equipping the church, and helping the forgotten at sga.org.